Hi, welcome. I'm Sonny Fox, and this week on Foxcast number five is a fellow I've been a big, big fan of for many, many years, Mark Marin. You may have heard Mark on his very popular podcast, WTF, on iTunes, or you may have seen him on his independent film channel television show. Either way, he's, I admire him, a great mind, a very funny man. And the fun with Mark started even before the interview began. We were all set, oh, by the way, if you hear a slight echo, Mark, uh, ignore that, because we used the version of my story. Right, so you're saying that something really annoying is going to be happening throughout the interview, and I'm just to pretend like it's not. <laughs> not a problem. I'm glad it's a professional well, I, operation. Now I know how I'm dealing with the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, I told well, you. One of those pricks. Okay. Oh, yeah. You think Pat Noswell was a pain in the ass? Wait till you hear this guy. No, don't ever compare me to him. I'm like you, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, an old hippie, I know. You know, I've been on this, the Comedy Channel's XM series for 10 years playing your shit. And I, well, I, yeah. I don't mean shit, but I mean yeah. stuff. The good I, shit that, and the bad that's shit. That's the good shit. That's yeah, fine. Right. There's some bad shit there, but it's always deep. And it's the first time I've ever gotten to talk to you. It's a thrill, actually. I'm excited, too. The last time I was here, uh, they wanted me to do the show, and uh, it was on a piece of paper that I had in my pocket, and somehow that didn't manifest me getting here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you roll something up in it and smoke it. You know, you can tend to forget about it. All those yeah. days are behind me, Sonny. Ah, yes, I, uh, of course they are. I just, uh, now I just eat the paper. Not as fun, <laughs> and nothing happens unless it's a very small square piece of paper that's given to you by a guy named Cosmic Joe. But uh, <laughs> No. No, no, it's a, it's a small gel square with a picture of Mickey Mouse on it. Right? Oh, you go way back. Oh yes, <laughs> I mean, lived in California in the early seventies. You kidding me? You got the good stuff. Oh. You're still tripping. <laughs> I know. It was like pure back then. It wasn't like, hey, is this city? No, let's yeah, not talk nothing drugs. is pure. N- nothing is pure anymore. Not so. at all. So, they, <laughs> so you're in Florida. Yeah, we're down in Pensacola waiting for the oil slick to show up. You know, oh, good. There, at least you have something to look forward to. It's oh. always good to have a day planned around a natural disaster because I, that's what bonds people. That's right. <laughs> it's nothing like tar to bring you together. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Nothing brings people together uh, like fear and the possibility of the environment being destroyed forever. Right. And getting up and reading the paper and saying things like, they're going to burn the ocean. You know, okay, fine. That's great. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm really upset. You know, I've never been a tree hugger, never been a hippie, never been a yuppie, never been a green guy, but this is upsetting. But let's drop that subject, okay? Yeah, uh, it's, it's upsetting to people in general. You don't, you don't have to be uh, some sort of stereotypical person that cares about things yeah. to care that maybe the ocean will die. Right. I, I think that just means you're a reasonable person, Sonny, nothing to be ashamed of. I love it when people say, you know, I'm getting to think this country's all about money. Oh, really? <laughs> you're just getting there? Yeah, just well, getting around to think of that? Remember Abby Hoffman's book, Steal This Book? I think that attitude's yeah, sure. been around for a while. You know? anyway, yeah, sure. I, it's... Go ahead. No, no, you're the guest. Go ahead. It's a, it's a little, you know, it's a little uh, before my time, but I, I certainly remember that. I mean, I grew up in uh, in the '70s, but the the wave of the '60s was still crashing. So all my heroes were, uh, you know, were '60s people. Right. And oddly, all of them were drug addicts. I don't know why I always gravitated <laughs> towards that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you because I mentioned to you that I. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't drink. I don't do drugs anymore. All right, not that I had a problem. I, you know, fuck you. I had a little problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm not ashamed of it. But yeah. the weird thing is, is that when I was a kid, all those guys were my heroes. You know, Hunter S. Thompson, right. Keith Richards, uh, Lenny Bruce, uh, William Burroughs, anybody that was fucked up, I was like, that's my guy. <laughs> I'm going to live on the edge. I'm going to push the edge. I'm going to be a guy that just lives on the edge. And I'll tell you something. If you're lucky, you know, you get old enough, and one day you get to the edge and you say, holy shit, when did they put a mall here? <laughs> and then, and then you just say, I guess I'll go into Brookstone and sit in that chair for a while. So that's what happened to me. Yeah, I could tell. Come on, we're selfish. I know you may think an internet community is a community, but it's not. It's still you sitting at home jerking off. Do you understand? <laughs> I mean, what is, at the, what is at the core of American culture right now? Porn, poker, ultimate fighting, and reality shows. That's fucking it. How selfish is that? Fucking without feeling, lying to make money, fighting without rules, and rewarding hackneyed fucking losers where talent should be. How is that fucking not depleted and bankrupt? Fuck reality shows. Fuck American Idol. Even if you like it in a tongue-in-cheek way, you are part of the problem. The only way American Idol could be interesting is if they shot the losers. <laughs> Just right at the peak of that hackneyed high note, they just pop a fucking 357 shell right through the back of their head so their face splatters all over Simon and Paula and the fat guy. And for that wonderful moment when that's just a haircut and a bloody hole toppling to the floor. Then we'll see who's really talented, who stays in the game. Everyone thinks they're a fucking star now. Giving people record deals off American Idol is like, you know, pulling up next to somebody who's singing in their car and saying, hey, good job, here's 50 bucks. Sounds good. <laughs> Lack of originality is astounding. People are so easily impressed because they think it could be them. It's fucking ridiculous. MySpace, now I gotta be on MySpace? That's a, what the, what the fuck is that? Now any other, any fucking asshole in the world can extend their narcissism into the ether and just go fishing for like me, like me. Look, I'm out here, like me. fucking pathetic. I hate being on it. That's just what I needed in my life. I needed a place where I could go to see that some fucking 15-year-old named Razor Dog with his hat turned sideways said, you suck, man. Get a day job. That's what I needed. That's what I needed right now. That kind of reassurance. I needed to be in high school again. Thank fucking Christ for that. I swear to God, one day aliens will land after we've extincted ourselves and the world is nothing but burning shit heaps and polluted water. And they're going to come down here on a scavenger run for metal. And they're going to find our hard drives and they're going to hold them up to their foreheads and read them because they can do that. They're aliens. <laughs> and they're going to see MySpace on all of them and they're going to say to each other, holy shit, every member of this species actually thought they were important. And apparently women live to over a hundred years old showing no signs of aging. How is that possible? They were ahead of us in some ways. You guys are doing your part for the most part. And poker, what the fuck is with all this poker playing? What, the, are you a poker guy? Fuck that, man. I, I don't fucking know how to gamble. I'm a fucking shitty gambler. You know, like I'm the guy like at a blackjack table if the dealer's got 16 
and I've got 16, I'll fucking hit. Fucking hit it. Like the guy next to you is always like, what the fuck are you doing? You're fucking up my cards. And I'm like, I'm gambling. Apparently you have some sort of sickness that makes you think you're going to win, you fucking idiot. I don't, I, got, I, I don't go, go to Vegas. I'll go to Indian casinos. It makes me feel better. Because if you lose, you feel like you're helping. <laughs> Fuck, I just lost 500 bucks. Well, it's for the tribe. You know, we fucked them. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. It's like charity. Kind of buffers it. I'm pleased to say I'm finally getting a chance to do a show with one of my heroes. Mark really? Man. Yeah, actually you are. Because oh, I appreciate that. I hope I, can, uh, I can, hope I can hold that position. Yeah, well, uh, you've mentioned in the last break you were raised in the 70s. Now, I, I, I could tell by listening to your material and looking at you that this is a stupid question, but I'll ask it anyway. Were you into the disco movement in the 70s or into rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> what picture did you find? Is there some pictures out there that I haven't seen in a single-colored three-piece suit <laughs> wearing platform shoes? Yeah, pointing to the I mean, ceiling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, well, you know, disco hit when I was, uh, I think, what was that, in the like, mid-70s? Right. I was at a weird time. You know, there was a time there where, where, where disco was around, and there were those of us that didn't like disco, but it was all you could hear on AM stations, so you can't help but know all those damn songs and then new wave hit and then everybody was wearing the stupid skinny ties with right. buttons and you know listening to that MTV. and then punk happened yeah i you know at that time i was so young i just kept changing my haircut and <laughs> hoping i could keep up and that people would like me i was gonna I say mean, really, uh, mark did yeah. you ever hear of a fm radio back in those days <laughs> i listened to krst in albuquerque new mexico and it, that was always like for some reason they were always playing jesse colin young it was always like you know <laughs> Yeah, there's always some guy going, hey, you know, uh, now we're going to do uh, side two of Jesse Colin Young. It was like, what the fuck is this? And then like then Dan Fogelberg and everything went on way too long. Oh, yeah. And uh, but you got to know the personalities. Yeah, sure. I listened to FM. But oh, yeah. Not Seals and Crofts. Right. Over and over yeah, it was yeah. always that kind of shit. But or else it was just like 12 hours of esoteric Zydeco music, which, uh, you know, which I like. I mean, you know, as I got older, I said those guys were the real heroes. And I did learn a lot. Uh, unfortunately, I was well. Not unfortunately, my father was very into the music that he liked, so I had a lot of uh, of uh, you know oldies that you don't even hear anymore. Oldie stations don't even exist because the people that even you know cared about that music are all you know passing. Right, uh, it's sort of sad. But I grew up uh, listening to Buddy Holly, uh, Richie Valens, you know, and my dad uh, just played the hell out of all those things. Well, For some you, reason, he had the go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, uh, he had the A track of uh, of American Graffiti, and like all that stuff is really programmed in my head. I actually. You know, I've been trying, uh, this has nothing to do with comedy, but I'm trying, like, I play guitar, and I was trying to do acoustic versions of all the songs that my father liked uh, at that time, and it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm starting to choke up a little bit. Let's make it funny. So, <laughs> no, I was going to say about eight tracks. Those were a pain in the ass. I remember having Closer to Home by Grand Funk, and yeah. the last track on that eight track was uh, Closer to Home, was the title track. I'm right. getting closer. It was like, it's nine minutes long. Uh, sure. Four and a half minutes into it, it fades out. Click, yeah, the click, click, and it yeah, fades chunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kachunk, and then it fades back in. For some reason, my dad had Hocus Pocus by Focus, oh my like God. A, in the car, which I think the entire album is one song. Nobody does that anymore, and I'm not sure it's a bad thing. I need to talk about some things. I don't seem to have the time, but we're going to take the time. <laughs> I've got a fucking Blackberry, and I can't not have it with me. I can't. 
I did, it's just like I wasn't going to get a fucking BlackBerry. But you know what happens is this is how they get you, man. I mean, if you get two phones behind everybody else, you might as well have a walkie-talkie and be on an island. <laughs> it's like, hello, is this button working? Can anybody hear me? Can I get a 10-4, please? I'm two phones behind everybody else. You don't need new phones every fucking five minutes, but you got to because you get lost. I wasn't going to get this one. My wife got a phone that texts. I'll talk about her later. It's not working out. But my wife... <laughs> The thing was, I was fine with my phone, but my wife got a phone that texted him. The phone I had didn't text, and when she texted me, she'd be like, where are you? I might as well have had a hammer and chisel and stone tablet. I'd be like, oh, fuck. Clink, 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 I, clink, 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 M, clink, 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 fucking calling you. Hello? Where am I? I'm in front of the house. I just spent 20 minutes trying to text you. I didn't even know if I fucking sent it. Did you get anything? <laughs> Listen, do me a favor. Don't text. Call me. Don't be a coward, all right? Let's talk. You're not that good of a poet. I can't interpret the passive-aggressive nature of your tone in your text. So if you are seeking to manipulate me into doing something, do it by voice. I don't even know what this thing does. Do you know what it does? I don't know what the fuck it does. It comes with a book. A book, and, you know, of course, I get to page 15 or 32, and that's the end of it. I don't read the fucking book. What the hell do you do? I pick my song and put my two friends in. I'm done. Don't judge me on the two friends, all right? Don't judge me on that. How many friends do you really have? Seriously. You people, like, I have lots of friends. You don't. You have a lot of shallow relationships with people that talk behind your back and you call that drama life because you hate your job. I mean, come on, man. All you need is two friends. That's all you need, man. You, you got the main guy and then you got the guy you go to when you drain the main guy. That's it. I'm a difficult man. I need close friends, man. I, I make these calls. Like, Dude, I'm in fucking trouble, bro. No, I'm just fucking losing it. Wait, oh, you're tired? Okay, I'll call the other guy. Dude, what the fuck? No, you can't be tired. It's your day. <laughs> I just added that last part. So, um... I don't even fucking know what... I, I don't understand, man. I, it's just like you have to keep buying new technology. You have to keep getting new phones. And, like, you keep giving more of your memory into the phones. And, like, I don't even remember my phone number anymore sometimes. I swear to God, some of us, if you lost your BlackBerry, your cell phone, you're, like, two hours away from wandering the streets, digging through garbage. <laughs> What's my name? Where do I live? Can someone help me? I think I'm on medicine. I don't even know what kind. Where's my mommy? I lost my phone. I know I'm going to have to get another one within a year because I know it's like only a matter of time before some like 14-year-old comes up next to me like hovering off the ground, like two feet off the ground. Like, and I'm going to be like, what the fuck? And he's going to go, I don't know, dude. My phone does it. I'm going to be standing there like some old asshole. Like, does mine do it? <laughs> Don't fly away, young man. Please, I'd like to fly myself. Is it this button? <laughs> Nothing. The fuck? Come back, you little fucker. It's so weird when you have these technology because I'm not, I'm not a technophobe, I'm not an idiot, but I just don't do the homework. So that means that everybody becomes a magician. 
Do you notice that? Like, I have a Blackberry, right? And every once in a while, for no reason at all, it'd go to the bottom of all my emails. And one day I was standing there rolling the roller, like, fuck, I gotta get back to the top. And I'm sitting there for like 10 minutes, and some guy goes, dude, just hit T. And I'm like, really? T. And I'm like, holy fuck, you're a wizard. Don't leave, magic man. Teach me more. Teach me more of the mysteries of the new world. Fuck, every time I bring my apple back to the Apple store, it's like I'm all of a sudden in a game of Dungeons and Dragons that I didn't plan on. I don't know what the fuck to like, Bink. Holy shit, you just gave me the scepter. Roll the die again, Dungeon Master. I want to learn how to cut movies. Mark Marin is our guest this week. We were talking off the air about uh, Woody Allen. I've read some things about you you've uh, you're a woody allen fan right i i you know i i was and i and i am it's weird i i guess it's not a an unusual thing for a comic to be a woody allen fan but i really loved his stand-up you know and i like the movies but when i i got that there's only a few recordings of it right and i'm certainly not like him i, I guess that at different points in my life i've i've been called neurotic uh but i was certainly always a little more angry than woody allen but uh some of the ways that he crafted his stand-up and and the way his timing was uh, just spectacular that that bit about the uh, about the uh, the vodka ad is is one of my favorite bits. <laughs> yeah, right. The one where where he gets approached for a vodka ad, and you know he basically says, uh, you know, I don't do that. Uh, you know, I I, I don't want to sell out. I don't you know I don't want to you know, use my talent that way. And I can't remember how the bit goes, but the woman on the phone uh, says, uh, you know, it's fifty thousand dollars, and then he says, uh, hold on, I'll put Mister Allen on. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, they, they, it's just like I get very hung up on beats. You know, you know, I can. There's a lot of people whose material that I like, but there's something about timing that there are moments in comedy that I think are are so spectacular just because of their timing. I don't even care what's being said. Right. Exactly. Uh, Mark Marin is who you're listening to. I read, is this a true story, that somebody called you the uh, Lou Reed uh, version of Woody Allen? I think it was the Iggy Pop version oh, Iggy of Woody Pop. Allen. Oh, Iggy Pop. I'm so, sorry. Right? Yeah, someone said I'm like the What's Iggy the Pop Woody <laughs> Allen. Uh, well, Lou Reed uh, doesn't move much, and it's certainly not as exciting <laughs> as, uh, as Iggy Pop. Yeah, I guess uh, so. so. <laughs> you know, if I you know if I were the Lou Reed Woody Allen, I'd be you know slightly condescending, <laughs> you know, you know, very misunderstood and completely megalomaniacal. Not to take anything away from Lou, uh, I I love Lou Reed. I actually had a moment with Lou Reed that I'm fairly embarrassed about. You what? Know? Tell us. Well, but, well, you know, I you know I'm a I, I love the Velvet Underground, and I'm a fan of, of Lou Reed, despite the fact that he's a difficult person to deal with. And I remember one time. He was signing records at Strawberry Records in Kenmore Square in Boston. I was going to college there, and I was like, I'm going to go get my, my Transformer album signed by Lou Reed. So I get on this line of people to meet Lou Reed to have him sign a record. And, of course, standing in front of me, there's a guy wearing a white jumpsuit with a guitar amp strapped to his back, and he's nine feet tall, and he's badly playing Lou Reed songs. And I'm like, how the, how the fuck do I get behind this guy, and how am I going to follow this lunatic? I mean, Lou is still going to be, you know, sort of, you know, you know, uh, you know, you know, he's going to be in the in the cloud of this guy's insanity when I walk up there. So I'm worrying about that. But I'm also worrying about, you know, when you meet your heroes, you, there's some party that's like, I got to say something resonant. Right. You know, I've only got two seconds. <laughs> I got to make an impact on this guy. So he remembers me. Right. So I'm thinking that and I'm wishing the guy would shut up in the jumpsuit. And and I get up there and I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to say? How am I going to make an impact on Lou? You know, I play guitar, too. And uh, you know, so I get I finally get up to Lou Reed. He's like, you know, what's your name? And I go, Mark. And then I look at Lou and I go, hey, Lou, what gauge pick do you use? 
<laughs> that was my big idea. Yeah, what kind of guitar pick do you use? That'll bond us immediately. And you know, and I felt really stupid for about two seconds. And Lou looked at me genuinely and said, "Medium, man, you got to use a medium." <laughs> so I, I, you know, I from that day on, I used medium picks, and I really feel like if I were to walk up to Lou Reed and say, "I'm the pick guy," right. that uh, he would, that he would say, "Of course you are." Strawberry Records, 1985. <laughs> And then he would go, what about that guy in a white jumpsuit in front of you? What the fuck was that about? And I'm not, uh, don't misunderstand me. You know, if you want to be Christian, that, that's fine. You can be whatever you want to be. Uh, I'd just appreciate it if you weren't fucking out of your mind. Is that too much to ask? I have problems with certain types of Christians, like this kind. I was doing a show in Aspen, Colorado. There were 400 people in the room. I did a couple of jokes that had a religious flavor to them. A woman stands up in the middle of 400 laughing people says, that's offensive. I'm a Christian. Fuck you. <laughs> and walks out. Now, is that a very aggressive interpretation of turn the other cheek? I don't know. I'm not clear on the parable. Maybe it is. Maybe Jesus is really pissed off. We don't know. Maybe the people that wrote the Bible, they didn't use explanation points. They took off the profanities. You know what I mean? Maybe Jesus was like... Turn the other fucking cheek. <laughs> Who knows? I got nothing against Jesus. I, uh, I try to uh, model myself after Jesus a bit. I'm sure you can feel that. I do a lot of decent Jesus work. One of the things I do is uh, over the Christmas holidays, I'll grow a beard and a mustache, got my hair long, and I will go to malls dressed as Jesus. And I will walk through the mall saying, no, no, this isn't what it was supposed to be about, people. <laughs> and if there's a Sant at the mall, I'll walk right up to him and I'll say, listen, fat man, you're just a clown at my birthday party. Do you understand? <laughs> the relationship? And just to see that kid on Santa's lap start crying and and say, Mommy, why is Jesus yelling at Santa? It's so touching to me because that really is the most important Christmas question. I recently did a uh, benefit for uh, the uh, people, Amer uh, what is it called? People's Un people United to, for a Separation of Church and State. And uh, it was interesting because one of the topics was, uh, you know, religion and medicine. Religion and science. Like, should religion be involved in science and medicine? Well, obviously, the answer is no. But sadly, I don't think religion should be involved in the insurance industry either. Because, you know, if you look at what's uh, going on in this country, given the number, uh, there's 45 million people uninsured, and their only coverage is God. <laughs> okay, not a big laugh. <laughs> The separation of church, it's all right, it's all right, we gotta do this. I, I have confidence we'll all come together at the end. Oh, shit. I've, <laughs> but a lot of people who are, uh, who are really hung up with the separation of church and state, which obviously you don't wanna have a Christian government because then none of us would have any real fun because, I mean, it's just bullshit, really. Because even in the, in the New Testament, it says the wages of sin are death. That's what it says. Well. Death is inevitable, which means the wages are negotiable. And I think if we stay within the law, we should be able to do what the fuck we want and have a good time. 
And then people get hung up on the, you know, uh, the, the, the God, you know, under God in the Pledge of Allegiance, which was, you know, which was put in later. And uh, I think that you know, some people want to take it out. I say just amend the song. Just make it, you know, one nation under God or not. <laughs> With liberty and justice for some. You know, let's be honest. Then some people get hung up on the in God we trust on the money, which I think is hilarious because a lot of people don't realize that was originally put there as a disclaimer. Uh, you talked about being a musician earlier. Uh, how much did you, uh, did you ever play for a living? You ever make money at it? I have a paralyzing fear of, of singing and playing in public. So I was a very uh, high-end bedroom guitar player. Uh, I, 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 I sat in with a lot of the greats. They had no awareness of it, and I'd like to think I, ca- I held my own. Uh, I still do it that way, though I do, I do play more acoustic. I'm sort of a blues country. I, there's something about me. As soon as I'm playing with other people or in front of people, I get become drenched in sweat within really? three minutes. Hmm, really? So there's nothing sexy about that. It's just like, look at the sweating guy playing guitar. I, I don't know if it's nerves or what, but it always happens. Uh, I'd love to play more out, but I, I have a paralyzing fear of singing in public. And uh, like to me, uh, karaoke is more frightening than surgery. So, <laughs> well, that's strange. That's strange because you get up in front of people on stage and talk. I and mean, what's the difference between talking and singing? There's just to me, there's just something you know. Because I, when I talk, even I'm pretty raw, so I've gotten used to that. Right. But uh, there's something about the, uh, the the vulnerability of singing that I just find horrendous. And I've had a couple of bad experiences where I just I've sang in public. Uh, you know, I went to some summer camp that was a music camp, and you know they they let you put a band together, and there was this. You know, of course, I thought. Well, tell you know, me about the this re- band. Yeah. Well, I just somehow know they're all the gra- I, all the rejects and delinquents gravitated to me. They're all you know they all thought they were rock stars, and we were like fourteen. <laughs> so these idiots were all getting drunk behind the band shell and smoking pot. And then there was this other group of kids that were more the nerdy ones, and they like they went on stage and did this you know almost perfect version of some complicated Genesis song, <laughs> you know and. <laughs> And, you know, and we couldn't even get through Johnny Be Good without these idiots falling all over themselves. And me singing off key is the most embarrassing thing in the world. I can imagine I they were, I ever... they, were, they were out of tune, too, probably, right? Oh, of course, of course. And these morons, they were all high, and they could barely play anyways. But they were having the time of their life, and I was singing, and I was off, and they were off, and it was just a train wreck. <laughs> Meanwhile, the genius kids were reaping all the benefits and all the adulation, and, and I was, like, you know, moping around looking for one person to say it's okay and kiss me so that was the way that went <laughs> that was this band or this group you put together were they the kind of band with johnny be good had no ending you didn't know how to end it just went well, on i wanted on. to end my life <laughs> you know, I, I mean about midway through the song i was like jesus christ would someone shoot me how did i hook up with these guys <laughs> yeah and i think the guy playing piano didn't even really play piano it was it was fucking ridiculous and yeah, of course it went on forever, and, and then uh, you get so self-conscious because you know it sounds bad, but everyone you're playing with is just, you know, so high that they're having... And we weren't right. even supposed to be high. We were like 12, but... Uh, <laughs> and the lead guitar <laughs> player starts using the same lead licks over and over again. I was the lead guitar player. Oh, you were? And, oh. Are there more than three Chuck Berry licks? Because I worked all three of them pretty hard. <laughs> and variations of the same, right. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. Right. Isn't it all that? Oh, I wish I would have been there. My wife recently brought it to my attention that I have an anger problem. But she didn't say it like that. She said, I'm leaving. And she just fucking left. I'll be honest with you, my anger problem, 
gone. All right, I'll be honest with you. I can be an asshole. I can be difficult. I can be a problem. So the fuck what? You signed on? Come on. What the fuck? You know what you're getting into. Why am I talking to her directly? That's weird. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. That's the weird thing. It's if you're an asshole and you get left, somewhere deep inside of you, something says, good for her. That took a lot of guts, you know? I've been trying to leave me for years. But no matter how hard I try, no matter how many drugs I take or how many movies I go to, I still land back in this faulty vessel that seems to be decaying at an accelerating rate. So glad I never got her that gun. Seriously, man, I used to go on the road She'd call me up like, it's scary in the house. I feel afraid. I think we need a gun. And uh, I don't got anything against guns, really. But, you know, there was no way I was buying my wife a fucking gun. Because let's be honest, there was no way I wasn't getting shot with that gun. <laughs> buying my wife a gun is sort of like me saying, you know, I kind of want to kill myself. But I want it to be a surprise. I guess if we both had guns, it'd be okay. She had hers at her bedside. I had mine at my bedside. And every argument could end like a Tarantino film. All right, let's go down easy, both of us, same time. I'll listen more. I'll do whatever you need. Let's just put the guns away, baby. Put them away. We don't want it to end like this. We were in couples counseling, which is a racket. If you're a guy and you're in couples counseling, that's basically an ambush that you pay for. You're paying someone $100 an hour to watch your wife call you an asshole over and over again. And for you to sit there and say, I know, I am. I'm an asshole. I'm the bad guy. Like that scene in Scarface. Take a good look at the bad guy. How is that not a racket? How are you not going to leave after an hour of that and not get in the car and go, what the fuck, bitch? I'm a fucking asshole? Wait, you got no part in this? Fuck you. She's like, save it for next week. And that's how they get you. I thought we were turning a corner. I thought we were doing all right. But to hear her describe it is more like Stockholm Syndrome. Google it, you fucking idiots. <laughs> the joke's worthy. Google it. I didn't mean to call you fucking idiots. Just a couple of you. And you know who you are. You're the ones whose first reaction when I said that was, he's talking to fucking me? Is he talking to fucking me? Mark Marin is my guest this week. I'm Sonny Fox. Now, uh, Mark, I know you, like many comics, are a Bill Hicks fan. Uh, they're making a movie of him, as you know, with Russell Crowe. Oh, God. That, now, what do you think good. of that combination? I'm sort of intrigued by it. I don't, you know. I find that biopics, by and large, are uh, never done quite that well. And, and if you have any real recollection of the guy himself, you're going to be disappointed on some level. Right. I, I'm glad that he's getting his due and that he uh, and that much respect is being given to him. Uh, you know, and, and I certainly, you know, reluctantly uh, love Russell Crowe. Right. Uh, you, know, you know, his personal outlook, his 
his condescending, arrogant demeanor I find repelling, but uh, I could watch Gladiator every day. Right. So, uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that if I had the time, you know, Gladiator would be the perfect breakfast movie every day. So I could walk out into my garage to record my podcast with a certain amount of glory. That, that, you know, like holding my side, knowing that I was going to go home where the grass is to the wife and kid I don't have and, and you know, and get on the mic in, in my garage and feel like I'm a hero. Hey, speaking of your podcast, why don't you uh, tell, fill us in on that? I do a podcast called WTF with uh, Mark Marin, which I'm proud to say has uh, has jumped up the charts on iTunes to number one as of today. Whoa, uh, it's, very good. All right. It's been very, it's, it's, it's the best thing I've ever done. You know, each show, I, I work out of my garage. I call my house the Cat Ranch because I, I do have three cats, and don't you dare judge me. I'm not a cat guy. I'm a my cat guy. I don't give a shit about your cats. I'll pretend to. When I come over, but secretly I'd be thinking, what a sad, fat, ugly cat you have. <laughs> uh, that cat looks like it's days away from hanging itself on its scratching post. Look at it. It can't even muster up the energy to play with what's left of that fake mouse you got it. You, that cat's going to die of ennui if you don't kill it. So, anyways, I, I digress. So, I, I do my podcast from the Cat Ranch up in the hills of Highland Park. And what I generally do is I talk to comics. I do a, a monologue of whatever's on my mind. Then I'll have a comic that I've known for years but never talked to on for about an hour. And we have, a, you know, we have. It's a great opportunity for people who like comedy to hear their comic heroes uh, talk like people. Because I, I really, we don't do bits. We uh, really try to get into. Uh, it's my right. belief that comics are free thinkers or philosophers, and and they are one of the few people in this world that can have that that type of life. And uh, so I just try to get some genuine conversation going. I've had, you know, I've had a tell on. I've had. Stan Hopan, Garofalo, Margaret Cho, John Oliver. I just did Robin Williams. Really? And I, I swear to you, I had a conversation with Robin Williams that I've never heard anything like. Uh, <laughs> you know, I went to his house. You know, he let me come up and we sat for an hour and we talked about drugs, heart attacks, divorce, prior, stealing jokes. Uh, it's just been a phenomenal thing for me because you know why, Sonny? No one can tell me what to do. Right. No one can tell me anything. They, I just, I do the show. People are digging it, and uh, I don't have to answer to nobody. I don't have to plug shit I don't want to plug, and uh, and it's a great feeling. It's freedom, dude. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. For ten years on satellite, we've had no boss. I mean, we, we, yeah, it's beautiful, and, isn't it? Yeah, it is beautiful. And, and and as a matter of fact, now that you bring it up. One of the ground rules of having people that I've interviewed over the years was not to tell jokes and not to do shit from your CD because, you know, we'll play that on the CD. You know, well, I'm, right. we're going to talk about you. And by the That's way, it. yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what, these, get these on iTunes? Where's, sure, you can go to WTFpod.com. You can get it uh, either way. You can get it off right off the server and play it on your laptop or you can get it on iTunes. There's about, there's about 68 episodes up there. And, uh, and, I, I and WTF to, stands for world's tallest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, world's tallest. Um, Funny man. Uh, right? I, I, I couldn't even think of anything. Yeah. Locker? Yeah. World's <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. World's tallest fuck, I think is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck with Mark Marin? Yeah, and I just, uh, like, to me, it's just I'm at a point in my life where I've been doing this a long time, and I've been an asshole at different points in my life, and a lot of my interviews, uh, you know, begin with me apologizing uh, to my guests for something that might have happened <laughs> the past and <laughs> and i just like talking to my peers and talking to other people in comedy and and getting uh you know people to know comics uh because you know this is what i've been doing for the last 25 years and, and it made me what i am and i want to give back something to the community and i want people to respect it the fuck am i gonna do what am i gonna date <laughs> fuck 
fucking, I don't know how to date. What the hell is a date? Who the hell knows what a date is? Now there are these things called coffee dates and lunch dates. How, do you, how does that lead to fucking? <laughs> I guess if you're real good. I don't know how to date. Both my marriages were hostage situations. I'm in show business. <laughs> Dating for me is like after a show, you, a woman walks up to you with that look and you go, really, is this on? Are we doing this? And that can either last a night or eight years. That's been my experience. <laughs> and everything always moves faster with me because I don't understand how you're supposed to pace yourself. I mean, I don't know if, the, if anyone can relate to this. Do you ever like meet a woman, you fuck as soon as possible, and you fuck as many times as possible over the course of two or three days, maybe a week, and then you hit that wall where you're like, holy fuck, we don't even know each other. And then, then you trauma bond for an hour. You're like, well, I grew up in Albuquerque. My dad was fucking crazy. And you know, my mom, my mom had an eating disorder. And, and she's like, oh, my dad's crazy too. And of course he is. And then, and then, you know, and then, and then you realize, oh my God, we haven't done anything together and we don't even know if we can handle anything. So then you overcome like one small crisis. Like, how can you not like tortillas? That's weird. And you get through that and then you, you fuck again. And then after about two and a half weeks of that, you go, well, happy anniversary. She's like, what are you talking about? It's like, today, it seems like a year. <laughs> what, am I going to date in Hollywood? What, are you kidding me? Women in Hollywood are like lollipops with exploding centers. How many licks does it take to get to the crazy? And I don't hate women. I'm not a misogynist. I hate three. I know who they are, and I know why. I know where they live, and it's for righteous reasons. Fuck them. <laughs> I don't objectify women. I don't want to fucking object. I don't. I want to fuck their soul. Do you understand? I want to be remembered for eternity. Do you understand? That if there is such a thing as a past life, I want a woman 200 years from now to be in a past life regression, in a trance, with a psychic, and the only thing that comes out of her mouth is, Mark Maron! And the psychic says, I don't know, I'm sensing in a past life, you must have been a, perhaps a comedy club waitress. I share my life and you groan. <laughs> I don't understand. It's always the same girl that I'm attracted to. It's like a continuum of the same feminine spirit for some reason. They're all pretty. They're all, you know, kind of smart. They're very funny. And deep down, they resent every member of my gender. Do you understand? That's who I attract and I don't find out until I'm too deep in. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I think for some reason, the problem seems to be that all the women that I've been with in my life seem to have fathers. And um, <laughs> that's a problem because you're going to end up paying for whatever their father did or didn't do to whatever extent they did or didn't do it. That's, that's, that's just a fucking reality. And I don't know how many more times I can stick my cock into a hurricane and survive. <laughs> I look into a woman's eyes, and if there is a fucking chaotic storm in there, I'm like, fuck it, I'm putting my raincoat on, I'm going in. <laughs> this is perfect, man. And I get in there, there's Barbie parts flying around, camp counselors lurking, maybe a priest or two, missed rides. Daddy said he was coming, and I'm in there with fucking two things that look like jumper cables going, where's the broken daddy box? Maybe if I plug directly into it and hold on for a while, I can make this happen. 
but I think maybe it's you guys. I don't know. Am I that fucking crazy? Am I that angry? I don't know. I don't like. I'm. I'm. I, this is the first time I'm dating. I'm dating a woman now, and I don't even know when we're having an argument. It seems to surprise me somehow. Is that some sort of tactic? Is it generalized? Is it, is it common? Literally, a couple weeks ago, I call her up and I'm like, you want me to come over? She goes, why? You don't want to come over? I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I just said I wanted to come over. Why? You didn't sound like you wanted to come over. But I just told you I was coming over. Why are you yelling at me? I'm not fucking yelling at you. Why did you have to turn it around on me? I mean, what the fuck is your problem? You're fucking with my head. She's like, you have an anger problem. Something in the second date, right into couples counseling. Let's nip this thing in the bud, quick. Mark, i got to tell you, I saw that video on your website about when you returned to your high school. I love that. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah we did that for break. <laughs> and I tell you <laughs> yeah. what, I can't relate more. Uh, it, it's like, I hated high school. I was, I was what you call a cutter. You know, there was either people that were into high school or people that were just didn't want to go there in the first place. Oh, that's better than, you know, cutting your skin. Yeah, I was going to say, you cut yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, cutting, cutting class. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. ditch school. Ditch. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you, Sonny. I, I, uh, I have no recollection of attending high school. Yeah. I, I, I the, the, you know, the building looks familiar, and I, I, I know I talked to people in the halls, but I don't remember. I, I think I had a locker, and I think that, you know, everything just stayed in the locker. I don't remember doing homework. I remember... That's because he didn't do any, probably. <laughs> I, I, I remember cutting class. I remember, like, I, I wasn't a big stoner until college, but I remember the one memory I definitely have is going out for lunch with a bunch of the freaks, and we got high in their car, and then I had to go to social studies class, and I'd never been that high. <laughs> and, and for some reason, these, it was a public school. They were big classes, so I'm sitting there in social, you know, social studies, you know, wondering if I'm going to die, you know, wondering, you know, obviously knowing the, the teacher in a deeper way than I ever imagined possible because I understood everything. And then, and then she says, all right, we're going to read from this chapter. Mark, would you read, please? And it was like, oh, shit. So for some reason, Sonny, I just remember not being able to read. <laughs> I, I was too high to read, and I tried to read, and I could not read. And, and, and I literally, in the middle of what I was supposed to read, I said, I have to go to the nurse. <laughs> and, and I went to the nurse, and the nurse was like, what's the matter with you? And I, I was literally like, I need to lay down. I can't read. <laughs> It was the worst. I need to lay down. I can't read. I, uh, <laughs> it was, it's funny thing is back in those days, like the nurses and stuff really didn't know what was wrong with you. They didn't know drugs. Yeah, no, they, they weren't used to people being that high. No. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they, it wasn't like the tent at, uh, at, uh, at, uh, bumper Woodstock, shooter. Right, or, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you got to see that video of Mark, Mark Marin's website. It's a short one, but it's fun. I talk about that hate crime. Oh yeah. yeah. And the, oh yeah. <laughs> they uh, smeared your car with swastikas in time. Yeah, the RB sauce hate the crime. RB sauce. <laughs> <laughs> horsey sauce and Arby sauce. Yeah, horsey sauce and Arby sauce swastikas stickers all over my car. Oh, well, yes. it is kind of funny. Well, you gotta yeah, see yeah, it. I, I think it would be less funny if it was like the blood of a pig. Right. So you know, there's something you know. There's kind a segment. Of, uh, there's a segment in there when he's talking to a guy and he's saying, uh, "Didn't I go to class with you?" And the guy goes, "Oh yeah, we did." And Mark says, "Was I a prick?" <laughs> he yeah, you remember anything? <laughs> yeah, well, I ask that to everybody, you yeah, know, because right. I, I, it's just a, it's just a general question, and nope. I want an honest answer. One more quick thing: you're from, uh, you were raised around Albuquerque, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I got to tell you a short story. We w decided to fly out to Albuquerque and take a car, go up through Arizona and up the coast of 
California a couple of years ago. Up yeah. To, all the way to the Redwoods and stay in hotels and have a good time. Beautiful. We got out. We landed in Albuquerque. It was the last big town before you rent a car and go into Arizona. And we yeah. got up in the morning and walked out. And the sky was filled with balloons. We had no oh, yeah. fucking idea that it was the balloon festival. That's great to have that kind of surprise. Yeah, the whole sky was like an alien invasion. Uh, did you? Yeah. Uh, you spend much time going to that festival every year? Was that fun? What do you what? mean go? You went. You walked outside. <laughs> you, 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 you were there. Seats. <laughs> I, I saw. I saw one landing. They land. It was a very quiet, still day, and they were sailing just over the tops of the buildings downtown. And one landed in the back uh, lot behind a, a, a Cracker Barrel. It just sat, yeah. sat down there. Yeah, they sat down in our yard a couple times because we lived on a little property down in the Northwest Valley. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with that thing, and it's it's spectacular. Oh, it I mean, really it's the, I think it's the the international uh, hot air balloon festival is every year in Albuquerque, and literally the sky is filled with hundreds of these things. It's like nothing else in the world. You can go down to the launching site. Sure, I did that a couple of times. Oh, the light ups before dawn. Yeah, see right. them. Uh, you know, pump them up with the flames, and you know, my dad actually had a friend who had one, and he was like, "Yeah, let's go up." And I'm like, you know. No, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to suspend myself in a in an air filled you know basket, you know that is fueled by flame. Yeah, I but uh, but it's it's really peaceful and beautiful, and you hear them, you know, with the with the flame, you know, every once in a while you hear that, right? You know, right. As, and that's all you hear in the morning is just you know random moments of them, you know, shooting off those flames to fill up the uh, the balloon. But it's spectacular to look at. It's, yeah, it really it's, is. It's, it's like nothing else. Well, the first part of the week or the last one or the other is when the, the corporate balloons are there, and they make balloons shaped like houses and uh, logos. Yeah, that's that. And, that started later. When I was a kid, it was all uh, you know the purists, you know, right, just right. you know colorful <laughs> balloons, and then of course all the uh, the fast food chains, and you know, uh, yeah, I think there's a Aunt Jemima syrup balloon, and right. you know all kinds of. Well, what's weird? Yeah. You've never been in one, but what's weird is if you ever go for a hot air balloon ride, anybody listening, it's totally silent because you're moving with yeah. with the wind, so there's no yeah. noise whatsoever. You're floating. It's weird. Yeah, anyway. I t- yeah, it's 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 beautiful, but I you know it's like it's weird when people get hurt in hot air balloons or hang gliding. I my sympathy level is tempered by the fact that like you jumped off a mountain <laughs> with a pair of uh, windbreaker wings. Right, they deserve you it. gambled. <laughs> Marcus been a thrill, really has. I appreciate it, Sonny. Great talking to you. All righty. You've been listening to Mark Marin, my guest this week on Foxcast number five. I'm Sonny Fox. Join me again next Thursday for a new interview. Won't tell you who it is. I'll make it a surprise, but it's going to be good.